what's up everything with the st louis blues on hiatus for the summer we'll discuss all the finger pointing towards jordan Cairo. is the 37 goal score really the root of all the blues issues this season we'll reveal our answer ahead but don't expect to be surprised then we'll move on to a discussion of all the nhl's ongoing first round playoff matchups from the very good to the extremely unsurprising and finally we'll close with a discussion of let's go blues radio's big summer project where we rebuild the blues all-time roster as one big happy blues community it's a lot to cover so let's get started and let's go blues Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Wednesday, April twenty sixth, and I am the proud new owner of an Apple Watch, and I don't know what to do with it. Send help. Uh, we are here and reunited after what's it been like? It's just over a week. I feel like maybe a week and three days, maybe like ten days. A week of blood- change. The bloodthirsty fans have asked for our return, and we have granted it because we are beneficent and kind dictators ian checking in from a suburb of st louis but a non-specified suburb of st louis how are you doing tonight uh, i'm doing great and from that i was gonna say exactly where it was but i won't do that i plead the fifth that's right it could be oakville could be manchester could be st john's could be blackjack could be baldwin could be Chesterfield could be, be Spanish Lakes. That's right. Could be uh Kenlock was Kenlock. Is that what it's called? Kenlock? I don't yeah. know. He was making this shit up. Could be Ferguson. Could be Florison. Could be St. Peter's. <laughs> this is just Let's the rest of all. the episode. We're just gonna and fade then, out. And it's the executive producer. <laughs> 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 uh, he's got speaking of which, he's got a new special up that I can't bring myself to watch. Have you done it yet? Oh no! Is it out there? Is it on yeah, Netflix? I think it dropped yesterday. On I'm not. Baby J, I don't know if I can do it, man. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. He's going to be honest about everything that happened, and I'm not sure I'm ready for that. Yeah, but how honest? And the, this well, is just his truth. The whole preview of the thing on Netflix is him saying, "Now I want you to think about how." awful i looked in that story and consider the fact that that's one of the one on ones i'm willing to tell you and i was like oh boy oh, oh boy no. oh no john oh no oh, airing no. out the dirty laundry i you don't turn know into, john you turn into old john mulaney to criticize new john mulaney oh no oh, oh no. yeah i don't know man i mean i'll give it a shot I'll give it a chance but you know let's see I have been watching Beef on Netflix. I have not finished it. It mm-hmm. is very good. Oh, yeah? It's one of my favorite Netflix shows oh, thus wow. far. It's very good. It's like, I was going to say, I guess it's like a black comedy. It's not like a real black comedy. Like, it's not like really dark shit you're laughing at. But it's definitely people's lives falling apart in like a fun way. So, like, <laughs> and kind of like a silly sort of way yeah i don't know it's very interesting everyone i think every episode is like someone else 
in the series that you think has it put together outside of the two main characters and then you like find out that they themselves are also a fucking train wreck and i'm like i can get down with this this is fun they're like 35 minutes it's like right when you're kind of like eh, and it's done you're like sick nice i love it shows that are like over an hour an episode or whatever i can't do it i kind of wish i kind of wish for um old tv shows that get put on streaming services you know where like uh-huh. they cut out the cut out all the ads obviously and it's like it was a tight 40 i'm like yeah see this feels right this feels good when you eliminate all the the ad breaks and everything that's great but then you fill it in with more more show and it's like it's just too much there's too much <laughs> filler in here yeah no kidding um I, that's that's got Ali Wong and that guy from the from the receipt sketch sketch. Yeah, that, which <laughs> is that, not what he is. As everyone know, knows him for, most famous for by <laughs> degrees of magnitude. But I'm going for it. That's right, Stephen Yoon. I think I didn't. I didn't want to use too much paper towel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the guy yeah. that lives right across from the KFC. I got to check that out. I just watched. Uh, what did I just watch? I just watched uh, Transatlantic. I'll tell you what, I watched it because it has uh, Gillian Jacobs from Community, Britta Perry, oh, yeah. uh, and, and it was like a serious role, and that was the number one reason I watched it, which I was like, this should be very silly. This <laughs> should be very silly to watch, and uh, it was good. It was it was interesting, and I didn't realize until the very end of it that it was like, base, it was basically historical, like a historical TV show, like they were telling a real woman's story and everything. The Atlantic um, Ocean is real. Yeah, that's right. The transatlantic ocean is real, not the transatlantic ocean. That doesn't exist. But um, Ian, do you know how to silence notifications on an Apple Watch by any chance? Because I sure don't. Uh, oh, no, boy. Apple Apple watches are are not for me. I mean, they're not not for me. But I mean, like, I don't know anything about them. Yeah. What was I doing? Oh, I had some older neighbors where I lived prior to this place that asked me if I could help them with like syncing their phone with their Apple watch. And they were very kind. They're like, you don't have to, but like, maybe if you know, and I was like, Oh yeah, I'll give it a shot. And I was looking through it and I felt like I had failed these old people. Cause I'm like <laughs> very young compared to them. And they're like, Oh, what a tech wizard. And I'm like, Oh shit. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> and when I was like, I know, I guess I can't get it. And they're like, Oh, that's fine. Don't, you know, no worries. But like, I'm like deep inside. They're like, wow, what a fucking idiot. <laughs> absolute moron i thought these people were all about computers if he can't do computers what can he do that's true as my as my great-grandfather once said to my father when he was like five or six and he drew my great-grandfather a picture of a truck and he handed it to my great-grandfather my great-grandfather turned to my grandpa my dad's dad and said is this all he does <laughs> That's so, I love that. That's so fucking sad. Uh, uh, I've been told that story a couple of times, so it's okay. It's okay. He didn't. He didn't share this to me while he was like drunk and crying or anything. Is, <laughs> well, he has shared it story. to me while he's drunk and crying. He has done other that times too. as well. Yeah, other that wasn't times. the only time. Oh man, that's brutal. Um, all right, well, folks, if you can't tell, we're fully in off-season mode where the <laughs> games are made up and the points don't matter. Um, it's been a crazy playoffs so far, but before we talk about the playoffs, let's talk about people randomly blaming Jordan Kyrie first. <laughs> uh, or the first and probably only storyline through the offseason. That's right. Um, 
uh, I mean, it's happened again. You know, this thing, this thing keeps happening. And uh, we have the, we don't have the comments up in front of us, but everyone's heard them by now. Just various references to younger players and needing to give a damn and that sort of stuff. And the big comment about, you know, I'll watch somebody play an 18 minute game and only worry about an 18 second clip on YouTube or whatever. And look, it's all fine. Like, it's so old man though you know like it's so i don't like it and i don't want that for (laughs) our team i guess i don't know what do you have to say about this yeah it's a little perplexing a little disturbing in fact that like you have people at the head of this organization that are kind of left scratching their head when it comes to younger players Uh i mean we might have said this in previous episodes but it's like you are and i think even armstrong has mentioned this before but it's like you are going to constantly get older um as a manager as a coach or whatever and the people you are coaching the team as it were is going to stay the same age that's what i love about (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's right they do yes they do um but yeah you're always going to have like 20 year old you know 20 21 22 year old players coming in and they're going to change with the times like in terms of like what makes them tick and how they work and what motivates them and stuff and it's like your job to adapt to that and make your team work with those personalities in it Mm -hmm. um and and to their credit armstrong and to a lesser extent ruby have like talked about needing to do that so it's not like they've necessarily been like these players we don't understand them and we hate them for that or whatever or like when we need to get them out of here like they haven't said anything to the contrary they've said they want to learn and understand and and make the effort and that's great it's just a little worrisome because it makes you think or wonder um as a pessimistic blues fan like what if they don't figure it out (laughs) they're the ones at the helm and they're the ones that i'm sure they're not like man you know if it was it was a perfect world that i'm sure like you know what i just don't get young players anymore i will see myself out (laughs) and then he would leave yeah but that tends to not be how it works and he'd probably be like well i guess we gotta find young players that you know we understand or whatever and that's that's a scary thought when one of your young players and Jordan Kyra just had a 37 goal season, like the most goals he's ever scored in his career by a, a pretty large margin. And you're thinking like, well, if they can't understand him, maybe he's out the door. And to a, to a, I don't know, maybe you're overthinking a little, but like, what do you do when you move up in the draft possibly? And you draft a Bedard mm-hmm. or you draft a Fantilli or you, you stay at 10 and you draft some other young star, you know, it's like, what do you, what's your plan for these guys? What's your plan for Snuggeru? These other guys that are coming up behind them, like they're of that same generation, if not a brand new other weird before or after Gen Z generation. So like, yeah. it's fine. It's kind of just, just some more words out of Doug Armstrong's mouth in a way, but it's also just sort of telling that that was sort of a focus or like got a lot of play i should say like it's it's worrisome 
Yeah, I think you you really hit the nail on the head because people want to make this a Jordan Cairo issue, you know, because mm-hmm. he's the one that's here now that seems to be not driving with the rest of these people. But this isn't an issue that's going away. Like Jordan Cairo isn't uniquely different from other young players. And if these aren't the guys that are going to be able to communicate with them, that could be a problem. And I mean, I expect, I expect that we'll get a younger coach. I think one of the two roles that we, that we emptied is going to have to be Mm -hmm. someone younger. I think, you know, could look at maybe a Dallas Eakins or somebody, um, did we mention that on the last? Maybe we did, but um, you know, one of these guys who's got that youth and is maybe a little more adept at uh, communicating with these players. But um, yeah, I just don't. It bothers me so much to hear them be like, "Oh, well, we have to get younger." You know, obviously, this is a, a young man's game. We got to think about the future, but also maybe our best young player is the problem with everything that's wrong on the team. And, like, if you look at the team, man, it's not Jordan Kyrie's fault. The defensive problems aren't Jordan Kyrie's fault. You got Jordan, Justin Falk, second worst in the league and expected goals against at five on five. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but Pareko was like eight and um, Letty was like 16. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the whole league, every player, every single person that spent time on ice, we're talking about second worst in the entire league. And it really, I think more than the more than the pointing fingers at Jordan Cairo bothers me. I think the pointing fingers away from the defense is what really scares me. Mm-hmm. Like his comments about like, you know, well, like I just don't think that this team can come back and be as bad as it was again. Why? Why don't yeah. you think that? What justification like it. It just could you possibly have? Also, this team is already worse than the team that you started the season with. And I know he's not going to do nothing this offseason. I get that, obviously. But, like, mm-hmm. we've already traded three very good players in Barbashev and O'Reilly and Tarasenko, all of whom are in the playoffs right now, and all of whom are, you know, probably staring down at least the second round. While our Tarasenko, I guess that's a little more in doubt than it looked like a couple of days ago, as we'll talk about. But, I just don't understand how I, and I've heard, I've heard the feedback of people, you know, I think I talked to Kurt Price among others who were like, well, I mean, I think they definitely had the talent to be better than they are. And I'm like, yeah, sure. They, they probably do. I'm not even debating that, but you shouldn't just assume that they will. Mm-hmm. Like that's how you get yourself right back here next summer. That's how you lose a job is like, well, the team I built was good enough. Like I, yeah, they had a catastrophically bad season, but they just won't next time, you know? And it's like, maybe hopefully, but if wishes and butts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas as they, as they <laughs> say. So I just, uh, it all concerns me very much because, um, yeah, I just, uh, the team worries me, you know, I mean, the, the team is not good. And, um, the idea that he thinks that it's just, you know, and again, we've had, we've had Doug Armstrong has said to the media, Yero Halak is our goaltender and traded him 48 hours later. So like, it's not like, not like we haven't seen this rodeo before, but I just can, I definitely 
the it almost seems like he's just confused <laughs> and he doesn't know what's going on and that's what scares me that's yeah yeah know? it definitely doesn't feel like there's like a plan and you don't necessarily have to have like the like you don't have to be thinking nine steps ahead all the time and like you don't have to like cue in the fan base like don't worry like papa's cooking or whatever but like mm -hmm. you want to feel like your manager has the pulse of your team or the or what needs to change and it just kind of feels like he doesn't really know what needs to change or if anything needs to change and i do think part of that is him hedging his bets or kind of going out of his way to soften the blow of like well I fucking signed these terrible ass long contracts for these defensemen. And I kind of have to hope that they'll be better because I might not be able to move any of these dudes. They might just, that might just be what I got to work with to which I'll say, I think Stillman and Armstrong are very, you know, they're, they're tight. Stillman likes Armstrong. He's, he's done well by him the entire time. He's been the manager you know brought brought this city a cup but like i do think that stillman is very much um of the belief this team needs to be in the playoffs consistently especially just from like a monetary standpoint but like for fan engagement and all that too but like i don't know if you can run this team back you know 90 percent the same and miss the playoffs and not kind of wonder about Armstrong a little bit at that point because it's like that's two years in a row man you weren't able to make anything work and you might be able to point and say well these contracts can't move these I'm like well that's also your fault so yeah um I don't know I think he's definitely going to try his damnedest to take a big swing at moving one if not two of those this summer because mm -hmm. I mean it sounded like at the deadline he was trying to or like he was pretty much like all our defensemen are up if you want them, you know, mm -hmm. we'll hear, we'll hear your offers. So yeah. I just don't think as, as I think they've pointed out, like the Steve Dangle podcast before, if there's someone calling or interested in something and then nothing happens, unless something else has changed, there's still interested parties. If you're trying to get rid of JT Miller and then you just couldn't do it the next year, you're not like, you know what? I love JT Miller now. We're not trying to move JT Miller. You're like, you're still trying to get his ass out of there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see what they do because I do feel like Armstrong does play a lot of stuff close to the chest. I mean, I will give him credit where it's like, I there's some things like Bo Meester and O'Reilly where the writing was on the wall for like months at a time, but there's other stuff like um, Shen and Bushnevich and stuff where it just kind of like came out of nowhere and worked really well so it's possible i think with the fact or like the fact that there's a lot of um draft capital they have in terms of picks is like really good but yeah it's it wasn't a it wasn't a nice little pat on the back for the end of the season the season ended with a wet fart for like three months and then you're kind of like all right so what's the plan or what's our step four and the step four was like i don't know maybe the same thing and you're just like <laughs> that wasn't that's not that's not how i want to leave for summer vacation i'm like ah, oh, that's right you've got homework it's it's not great um i want to say keith kachuk not keith kachuk matthew kachuk won it in overtime to send florida back to florida Beautiful. Back to sunrise. Matthew Kachuk, so damn good. Oh my God. It was Linus, Linus. 
if you learn anything, learn from Jonathan Quick. And what is that? 2013. Don't leave the net. Don't go play the puck. He doesn't trip. He doesn't get him all self all tripped up. And that's not the steam wraparound, but he he fumbles the puck and he kind of gets the first save and then he's just on his ass. And it's not good, Linus. You're never going to win the Vesna like that. They're recounting the votes. Um, yeah, but the back to the Blues, the draft, the draft, not the draft, the draft lottery is a week from this upcoming Monday. So there's that to look forward to. Hopefully the Blues move up. Um, you know, the chances are like 7% or whatever mm-hmm. combined to move up to first or second. But hey, you know what? That's almost 10. And 10 that's true. 10% is one out of 10. And that could that could be lucky us, maybe. I don't know. Please, please. That'd be fun. That'd be hilarious. That'd be that would really uh spice up the soft season, if you will. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, this team sucks. <laughs> I, I will say I was very like, I don't care. Don't make the playoffs. You know, I, I don't need you in the playoffs. I just want more picks and yada, yada. And I still believe all that. But watching other teams play in the playoffs, there is the double edged sort of like, oh, I definitely don't feel like having nine heart attacks every other day, which is great. But at the same time, it is kind of like, oh, man, there's still hockey. And my team is like the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm not in it with all the rest of these shit teams. I'm like, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. I can't yeah. say I want to be caved in the first round, but I do like having that investment. But again, I am glad I'm not sitting there watching double OTs and being like, oh, kill me. Yeah, I man. I don't know. I'm glad. I'm almost glad to have a break only because I know the team's not damn good enough to do anything in the playoffs. So. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's the that's the thing, right? Is like, I guess that kind of speaks to like the whole point is obviously you want this team to win another cup, but sans that you want them to just be like ultra competitive in the playoffs and have a chance. And like, you want to be able to see them there and have that sort of emotion to have that sort of like, just, heartache and pain and just like on the edge of your seat sort of anticipation because you're good and you could do it and you're in the playoffs and it's a possibility rather than just being like I don't know the New York Islanders and you know being like hey maybe we'll make the second round it's like okay and then what and it's like oh well (laughs) we didn't really expect to be here in the first place so that's Mm -hmm. good enough for us everybody um yeah I just I want I want this team to be relevant again because i feel like to people in st louis they'll say they are and it's like but to the greater hockey world it just ain't ain't uh yeah i agree with that and i also feel like and that's kind of where i differ from other people like i've we've probably gone on this rant before but like i firmly believe if you're not a cup contender then you need to be up climbing up that hill like i feel like there's an upward path to being a cup contender and then like a downward path and we are on the downward path right now and we might have be able to milk a couple of seasons on that downward path where we scrap into the playoffs and and you know try our darndest but like until we to me i would rather just accelerate the process of being on the upward path again you know so 
That's me. That's all the Blues talk we need to do today. Screw the Blues. They suck. They lost. It's their fault. Uh, Let's talk about the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Islanders, Ian, because this is a series that I thought was going to be over in five. The Islanders pulled one out because Ilya Sorokin showed up big in game five, forcing a game six, which the Islanders will lose. Right. (laughs) What What are your thoughts on this series? Yeah, I mean, it's actually been kind of interesting. The first couple games were really... Uh, we're really pretty much at what you'd expect, like just very boring, very tight, low event hockey, the kind that the Islanders love, and yet they lost those games. Um, but I think as the series has gone on, it's opened up a lot more. Uh, I think as they've said on uh, 32 Thoughts, the New York Islanders are landing body blows on the uh, oh, body blow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as they also said, it's water in the basement, Stephen. Water in the basement means the that fuck is that you the might same be able to water ign- under the bridge. No, no, you might be able to ignore the water that's pulling up in the basement, but it's slowly eating away at your foundation, and then eventually your whole house will crumble. And so the New York Islanders do that to you; they slowly chip away at you until okay. you. Uh, that's. <laughs> I mean, they have in the past when they've made it to two back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, this team probably should be better than that because they have Bo Horvat, who hasn't really done too much in this series. Um, but yeah, I I don't see the Islanders winning two in a row. I think that's like a tall order. Even if they win the next game, I think Carolina can still buckle down and win a game seven at home. But there's been some interesting players in this game, like or in the series, Ajo has been really good. Um, I forgot Derek Stepan was even in this league. Hastings, mm. Minnesota's own Derek Stepan. Um, Paul Stasny's on the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't know yeah. that. Mackenzie McEckern is on the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, didn't he come goal? up in like game three or something? Yeah. Like it, and it was also his first game of the season, I think. First NHL. Yeah. Or maybe he played like five at the start of the season. Like when did we get rid of him, man? That whole uh, Stanley Cup, I was going to say, that whole Stanley Cup playoff, um, you know, any experience is good experience sort yeah. of thing is uh, pretty uh, pretty true, man. <laughs> Where's Jordan Olin? Um, it's been it's been a fun series, but yeah, it's it's been better than I expected, but it's still probably one of the more boring ones out of all of them. Mm-hmm. But I like the Islanders. I'm rooting for them. I think you've I really do think whichever one of these two teams makes it into the second round is not going to make it beyond that round. Um, Because you'd have have to play the Devils or the Rangers, and I feel like whichever one of those teams gets hot is going to be able to blow the other one out of the water that makes it out of this Mm -hmm. uh, series. But, yeah, speaking of which, though, New Jersey, New York Rangers, uh, after losing the first two games at home, New Jersey Devils entered – Madison Square Garden and won both games three and four against the Rangers. Um, very impressive road wins, I guess, all around. But I'm more impressed with these New Jersey wins. Maybe it's just uh, recency bias, but I feel like the New York Rangers are the more experienced team, the slightly older team, the team that's been to the playoffs a handful of times with this group right now. And they go into New Jersey and they win two games. Uh, the first one, like, pretty handedly. Maybe two of them, mm-hmm. they were both five-goal games for them. Their power play looked really good. They were firing all cylinders. 
but then you go to MSG and somehow the New Jersey Devils play two back-to-back like perfect road games and the New York Rangers are like stymied. They have very little offense all of a sudden. People are wondering where Panarin is, where Zibanejad, Tarasenko has one, maybe two goals. Um, but it's been a complete flip. It makes you wonder if anyone's going to win at home. Probably someone will eventually. But it's it's a kind of a toss-up. This looked like New York Rangers, and it looked like, well, the Devils have stepped into the Shark Tank and <laughs> – you know, it's it's different here. It's different in the playoffs, little kids. And then they tightened up and they're playing so much better. I am here for Stone Cold Jack Hughes. I love Jack Hughes scoring <laughs> on a breakaway so in Madison Square Garden and just literally staring at fans, making no <laughs> no celebration, just staring at them as he skates by. Oh, so good. I love it. He's becoming a playoff stud. Um it's, it's been a fun series. It's just been very, I guess, like one side in each game. I sort of feel like one team shows up, the other one doesn't. And then you're always just left questioning like, okay, is the next one going to be like this too? And it has been so far. So I'm hoping for these next two games at least to be a little tighter. Um, I feel like the Rangers, despite having won two games, still haven't shown like their best. I feel like if you get the Rangers best, it's going to be hard for the Devils to beat them. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. I had completely written the Rangers or the Devils off, rather, excuse me, after the first two games. Losing two at home just felt so brutal. I mean, I realized for both of these teams, home and away or basically home and away, you know, (laughs) like it's. That's true. um, I don't know how far apart these arenas are, but they're probably like six miles and two and a half hours apart. you know, judging by New York. So, um, but yeah, I mean, way to go for the Rangers. Jack Hughes is a player that I think is like, I just am continually upping my estimation of him. You know, I feel like, I feel like I, I, I don't know if it's, I think it feels like his first season or two were like, I don't want to say lackluster, but they just weren't like, gangbusters i, I mean guess. They, def- they definitely were i mean he was fine but it was one yeah. of those sort of like i ah, know he's and so very nathan mckinney and so you kind of grouped him into this and this isn't even fair of the player i'm going to mention either but you kind of grouped him into that nico he's your ryan nugent hopkins camp where you're like oh they're good players but like yeah you got this guy first overall it's like that's kind of disappointing you know mm-hmm. um and and now he is just a fucking stud now <laughs> like he's insane he's so good and luke hughes is going to be so good and they're going to get quinn hughes at some point because how could they not and they will be you know they're they're that team i think that's going to be fun for like a year or two and then like in four years we're all just going to be like man the fucking devils will not go away you know and like I, I dig it. I'm here for it. I mean, the devils were always good when I would, you know, when I always say when I was growing up, like we didn't grow up <laughs> at the same time, but, um, but when you, you know what I'm saying? Like when, when we were younger, it was the Broder era and, and you expected the devils to be great. And now they're, they're great again and they're getting there. I still don't know who wins this series. Um, I could see the old, uh, I could I could definitely see the old reverse 
reverse double gentleman sweep as they call it. <laughs> uh, that's what they do call it. Yeah, people call it that all the time. But um, <laughs> the reverse double gentleman sweep. <laughs> but, um, but I I don't know. I think it could definitely go either way. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Now I'm just like sorry. Now I'm just thinking that's like a Sean White move. Oh shit! The reverse double gentleman sweep. The judges love that move on the turn on the half pipe. Yeah. What's the, what's the name of the Islanders' place? Where do they play now? It's like Belmont uh, or something. Yeah, Belmont Arena, I think. Or it is in Belmont. It's called the US UBS Arena, which sounds oh, yeah. like a disease of the colon. <laughs> the IBS Arena. That's what I'm thinking. It's of. close enough. So um, this, so sorry. The no, MSG to Prudential Center, which is where the Devils play, is a 35-minute drive or a 30-minute mm-hmm. train ride between those two. And then like, and then it's an hour 23 minutes from Prudential Center to UBS Arena. They form like a little line. I like that they can just take the bus or maybe like the subway <laughs> to go to these places. Yeah. That's very fun. I wish I lived somewhere where people were. Anyways, um, Boston Bruins, Florida Panthers. This one we just talked about. Florida just won in overtime, 4-3. Some heroics by Matthew Chuck after freaking Lena Salmark decided to take a fat dump behind <laughs> the, this freaking goal. That's Vezina winning with Lena Salmark. Remember that, everyone? Um, well, he yeah, hasn't won it yet. I mean, he will, but he has I mean, it he yet. Will. Uh, despite there being, they, a, they do the voting. They do the voting after the season, right? I know. I think, I think they do they some do. already, though. But like, because you're you're not. No, I know that's to... what I'm saying. Like you do it after. Oh, the right after. after. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because I know Friedman has already talked about like, oh yeah, I definitely thought about that when I voted for Norris and stuff. And part of me is kind of like, why are they? Why aren't these like? Why is some random writer the guy that's like, I know what it takes to be the best defenseman <laughs> and I'm what I give it to? I'm like, really? Okay, sure. Um, and I like how some are, I like how they split it. They're like, you know what? The writers decide the best defenseman, but you know who decides the Vesna? GMs. And I'm like, why? Because <laughs> they know what counts. It's always the guy with the most wins. Um, man, yeah. I will say this, this is a complete tangent, but we're in like a, I hate to be this corny, but we're in like a golden age of goalkeeping again. Like, oh, I don't yeah. remember the last time we had like six or seven elite goaltenders. But when you look at Hellebuck, Ottinger, Sorokin, Vasilevsky, I mean, I don't, know if, I don't know if Olmark's really elite or if he's just having a great season, uh-huh. but Olmark certainly been elite this year. Shesterkin's a great name. Um, there's some good ones. It's crazy to think that because I agree with that, but then the like um, goal scoring is like up since like yeah most since like 1994. Yeah. I think like generally because Jordan like, Bennington fucking. Sucks. I'm just kidding. I'm just uh, kidding. We're having a good time. Hey, we're having a little laugh. We're having a little laugh. Everybody's enjoying. Don't come it. after me, Jordan. Don't That's come right. after me. Um, psycho. I thought it was gonna be a hit. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, but uh, man, if you're in a, going into a series, <laughs> the New York Rangers, and you've got VTech Vanacek, I feel bad for you. But credit to the Devils, 
I, I did get I, I've Puck Soup without Wyshynski has become far and away my favorite podcast. Oh, really? I need to start listening to that. Again. It's just it's just like they have a lot. There's none of the petty bickering that used to be so annoying and like they're just mm. fun, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but Ryan got me good today when he was like, the Devils came into this series in game one and they said, we score more goals than anybody. We just need our uh, goaltender to ne- be not terrible. And he took said, sorry, can't help. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know why the way he delivered it just made me bust up laughing. <laughs> Who's their guy in that now? Vitek Vanacek. No, but now they have another guy. That oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's some guy I've literally never heard of. Devil's goal. Because oh, <laughs> then he was like, what about the guy, Akira Schmid? Oh, that's He's right. like, what about the guy that was in the ECHL two years ago? And they're like, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> ah, um, All right. So let's move on to the Boston Bruins and the Florida Panthers. Credit to the Panthers for making a series out of this. They mm-hmm. will lose in six games. Um. <laughs> Has Bergeron drawn in yet? Did he play tonight? No, I don't believe so. I don't know if Krejci's still out. They've had some injury issues over there, but Boston's still rolling. I mean, Hall's good. Bertuzzi's good. Pasta's, Pasta's great. Fantastic. Like, they um, freaking Nebraska scored some goals. They, they've got depth. Their defense is really good, obviously, other than Allmark's little uh trip behind the net tonight like he's been very good i don't see how boston loses this but i will mm. say that if florida wins a convincing game six i'm i'm a, a little scared for boston i think they can lock it down they're way too they're way too um good at this at hockey to even lose a game seven i feel like Man. despite the fact that we saw them lose a game seven Four years ago, I don't think they'll lose uh, a game seven this but year. God, God willing, though. I don't even. I don't have anything against them, but imagine if they collapse. That oh, would that'd be hilarious! Hilarious. <laughs> How can you have the the record most points and most wins in the NHL and then just get bounced in the first round by? Well, that would no be offense, the second Florida, time but it's Florida. happened this decade. I know. Oh yeah, I guess they happen to to he, Tampa. Can you do me a favor and send me that or drop in the in the notes the link to that playoff pool sheet? Because thanks to Justin, I can't get it on any of my Apple devices. <laughs> I can't oh, find no. it. Um, but yeah, um, I I think uh, I think Florida deserves a lot of credit. I think they got to get rid of Paul Maurice and uh, they've got to figure out their goaltending, and then they'll be set set. And also, Sasha Barkov has been a non-factor in this series, which makes me sad. Um, let's talk about it, I guess, because we have to. The Toronto Maple Leafs are up 3-1 to one over the Tampa Bay Lightning after roaring back in Game 3, uh, Game 5 to 4. I can't count. 3, sir. 5. Anyway, um, <laughs> to uh, take the overtime winner. Credit to the Leafs. They'll get bunting back tomorrow. Um I wouldn't put him in probably if knee, knees, 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 knees is playing so well. But, you know, um, I hate to say it. Well, you know, for, for our friend Mustafa, I love to say it, but mm-hmm. not for me personally. I do think this is the least year to get bounced by the Bruins in the second <laughs> round instead of the first round. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't the first round. Maybe it was just the Bruins. The Bruins and weirdly the Blue Jackets that were the problem. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if Florida makes was it, it ever Was other than the other than the COVID year with the Blue Jackets, was it 
was it ever not the I guess last year was the lightning wasn't it for them um yeah so, so lightning then they had the Bruins two years in a row they had the Capitals the first year they made it with Matthews right. and them I almost don't count that though because that yeah they had um Columbus and the Columbus no they did have Columbus yeah they had Columbus yeah that in, was like, in the, the COVID year wasn't COVID it? year but the then bubble. they had Montreal in the All Canada year. Ooh. Because then when like did Colum- when did Columbus beat the Lightning? Oh, that was 2019. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I was trying to remember how many times Boston had bounced the Leafs in first split second. I thought it was three years in a row, and I was like, that's very sad. But it was only two <laughs> years in a row, so it's fine. And also 2013. Um, yeah, the Leafs, I just think. They're not mired by injury like the Lightning are. They've kind of won in a lot of different ways. Like game two was like just a straight up win. Game three, they kind of stole it. Like the Lightning were the much better team, but they managed to steal that win. And then they had a comfort behind uh, victory, like four unanswered goals, the fourth one being in overtime. Fourth one, yeah. Um, to, to win game four. Like I yeah. just... I, if the, I think like you said before, if the Lightning can get a game seven, I, I don't know. I don't know, Leafs. I don't know. I really, I don't know for you. <laughs> I love you guys. But I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I don't know, man. But I mean, God, if you're a Toronto fan, I, you're like, it's so silly. You don't have to win tomorrow, but you really have to win tomorrow. Like, just do is, it. And I know. It. I know. I've said this before. And I won't say it again, and I'll be very quick about it. This is reminiscent of that time. (laughs) We beat the Chicago Blackhawks, and it was game seven. We beat them in game seven. This was before we'd had any real playoff success. Mm -hmm. And I was texting with my friend Jordan, as correspondent Jordan, and and it was going into game five. We were up three to one. And I said, this is a must-win game. And he was like, this isn't a must-win game. That's ridiculous. And I said, no, but Jordan, hear me out. Because if we lose this game, we're not winning game six in Chicago. And if we lose game six in Chicago, we're not beating them in game seven, which ultimately we did. Mm -hmm. But it's almost identical because it's like they want to beat Tampa is the repeated playoff powerhouse. Mm -hmm. Toronto is the young team that hasn't proven it in the playoffs yet. And they have home ice advantage. So they need to win in game five. I sadly think they will. I think they're (laughs) going to win it tomorrow night and it's going to be over. The Leafs are down a point down, a, not down a point, down Braden point. There's no point in warmups. I want I'm sure Elliot's, oh, that Elliot, Elliot's fully um, for that. God only knows. God only knows how injured Hedman is. Um, right. I think like Sir Nick's out. Um, it, it's been rough for them. It's been really rough. Yeah. I think the only team that's been more injured or as injured this playoffs has been Winnipeg. Um I don't mind the least moving on. Good for them. I try and think of it independently of the Steve Dangle podcast a little bit. And like, you know what? That's good for those fans. Good for that city. Yada, yada. I will say. Get, it, I need them to get fucking spanked in the second. Well, that too. But I will die a little inside. I, this shouldn't bother me, but it will. If they 
make it very if they make it and they win the cup and then they're like ryan o'reilly was like our guy and he will always be a leaf for that and i'm like no he won't no he fucking won't no he won't be was he your captain no no (laughs) did you miss the playoffs the year prior fucking completely no you didn't (laughs) were you dead last in the fucking standings well, were you? No. So no, he's not. He's not your guy. He's not going to win the cons. Might I mean, he could, but he's probably not going to. So get fucked. He can help you. He can be. You can be a nice piece. But I swear to God, if they try and own Ryan O'Reilly, I will kill them. They can't. They can't have him. They can have anybody else that they want to, but they can't fucking have Ryan O'Reilly. I think it was Down Goes Brown had like a power rankings. Was it Down Goes Brown or was it? Or maybe it was Wyshynski had a power rankings of like the Stanley Cup final like matchup. Like, what's the best for what we have so far? I mean, you still have all these teams in. It's like, what's the like best no matchup? Yeah, right. Yeah. The best matchup they had at the end of the day. And I do kind of have to agree because I think it would be not for this country, but it'd be maximum chaos north of the border. It has to be Edmonton. Toronto because it's basically oh Toronto God. versus Canada. <laughs> like all <Yeah>. of Canada <laughs> will rally behind the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> On this day, we are all Leon Dreisaitl. Uh Absolutely. Have you, this is another non sequitur because this is what our podcast is going to be until October, but have you seen, have you heard the story about Drew Maggie? The, he's a Pirates guy who's 33 years old, just made his MLB debut after like 1,400 games in the minors. Oh, shit. No. This dude is 33. The man looks 55 years old. Look at this man. This is like the youngest looking, least grizzled picture I've seen of him. How old is he? He's 33, but look at that man. That's not a 33-year-old man. He's at least 45. This is very... Look at that. Look at that. That's a 33-year-old man that they're saying that that is. I don't like that one year older than me. Uh Uh Anyway. Man, uh, the minor leagues will age you. Yeah, that's right. That's those shitty Ramada ends. Just (laughs) Ramada ends for fucking months (laughs) on end. God. We upgraded the Ramada end. (laughs) We got a red roof this night, baby. And you gotta love, I mean, I get it. They're not like, they're not living in squalor, but like, you gotta really love baseball to be like, we travel from freaking Cedar Rapids to Dubuque to, (laughs) and I'm just like, man, you were seeing like just the nothing of this country and you're staying at your at your Motel 8s, uh-huh. your continental oh, yeah. breakfasts. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you're like, I got to pitch tomorrow. I'm really gonna, I really got to zone be, in. Let's be clear, though. It's a Motel 6 and a Super 8. Oh, yeah. Oh, Come that's on, right. those two. That's right. If we'll they, do the, the, if they did you. the fusion dance, they might be Motel 8. <laughs> but, um, Mark Lazarus has a, has a page on the, has an article on the homepage of The Athletic that says, what it's like to be an NHL referee and I just, or, or an NHL playoff referee. And I just want to say it fucking rocks. Stop pretending that these fucking people have such a hard life. They get like $21,000 a series. I don't remember the exact number, but you can go back to the hand pass game. Cause I said it like 15 times. During that. Um, but they get like $21,000 per series. They get to be on the ice for every one of these games. And I know they're not like watching the game in the way a fan does, but they're there, you know, like stop, 
what to know about the hardest job in hockey man i'll take being a ref over being a equipment manager any fucking day you know it's it's anyway. hard in the sense that we all complain so like oh they must get so many points i'm proud they probably also don't give a flying fuck like they're probably more well protected than say like a ref at like a midget game you know uh-huh. like so you're like yeah everyone's screaming at me but no one's gonna actually shank me in the parking lot like they might do when i fucking get out of here in afton um yeah i crocodile tears i don't care call take a game over you know if i was a fucking ref i would do what everyone accused them of doing and i would fucking insert myself I'm like you know what you know what i don't like the fucking canucks yeah yeah there's a five minute major for slashing uh-huh get in the fucking box i don't care <laughs> no cup for you that's what i've fucking decided no cup for you yeah I, I i'm i'm sure it's hard i'm sure they get a lot they get yelled at all the time and what have you but like from watching soccer more now i feel bad for those dudes those dudes get surrounded by 20 guys 20 sweaty dudes right in their face not from America, generally speaking. So they're talking with their hands, you know, they're right yeah. in their face, flinging their hands about looking. Those dudes are stone faced. I would be oh, like, yeah. Oh, I'd be like, kind of like, like, Oh dude, get away from me. And they're just like walking straight forward. They're like, part the fucking seas. I'm going to pull out a card, baby. I'm going to write down on the card and you're going to scream at me. I'm like, whatever, man, the fucking, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the fucking Toronto media they can't fucking save themselves. Pierre Lebrun has an article on the no. front page that says, what makes these Maple Leafs different? We asked rival execs and coaches, motherfucker, they have proved they're different yet. <laughs> Haven't they been up 3-1 yeah, they've the been series up, before? Yeah, they've been up 3-1 to Montreal. So fucking stop. What do you call? <laughs> How stupid do you have to be? I do think ah! it's like, I do think a lot of it's just media, right? Like, yeah. I feel bad for some of their fans. I'm like, dude, get off their dick, yo. <laughs> that's what I, I'm, I'll be very curious to see what the Jonas Siegel has one that's Mo- Matthews and Marner have led the Leafs to the brink of finally chasing away playoff demons. Oh my God. It's like, they, they set the bar so goddamn low and then they still don't get over it. They don't chase away their playoff demons by reaching the second round. Like, how is that your goal? That's what your whole your whole organization's future is staked on them reaching the second round. Because at this point, if they collapse, Keith's gone, Duvis is gone. God only oh, knows if Matthews be. resigns. Like your whole organization, it's just the second round, bro. The wild get to the second round occasionally. Not this year. We'll talk about that. But occasionally. <laughs> it's true. It's weird. I want to know what the narrative will be when they make the second round but then lose. It's like, you guys should be happy. This was the promised land. And they'll be like, I can't believe it. I can't blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. So that's the other thing, too, is like when you make it like past, past the first round, that's not like a save point. That's not like a oh, and the next year we start in the second round. It's like no, you gotta make it again. And I can tell you, you know, from being a Blues fan, like oh wow, they cracked it. They beat the they beat the the Blackhawks. Oh, and they made it past the Stars. Now we're playing the Sharks. All oh, they lost to them. That's okay, no problem. Oh, first round defeat the next year. Oh, you don't make the playoffs the next year. Like yeah. it's just it can happen. You can just fall fucking apart again uh it's not like a guarantee I, yeah it's 
it's rough. It's super rough being a Leafs fan. I feel for those those regular fans on the street because I'm like, God, I could not. I'd I'd definitely give up. But you know what? I'm not necessarily hoping they win tomorrow, but um, if they do, you know, pat on the back, tip of the cap. Good luck against the Bruins, I guess. Shit, play the Florida Panthers. If you play the Florida Panthers and they just beat the Bruins, I can't say I feel like, oh, we lucked out into the Florida Panthers who beat the Boston Bruins. I'd be a little scared. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the next playoff matchup, moving into the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference. That's the conference we're in. The Seattle Kraken are giving Colorado a run for their money. How about How about them? How about them apples? Ooh, what's the score right now? They're playing, and the score is one nothing Seattle. They got to win tonight. If they want to win this series, they got to oh, win. Oh, yeah. Tonight. You have to capitalize on no McCarr tonight. Kale McCarr, who got hit, saw a little red mist in oh, game four. That was, you know what? I, I hadn't heard that. I hadn't seen the hit. And mm-hmm. then I heard the, the, um, puck soup talk about it and then like i saw the hit and i expected the hit itself to look worse than it did Mm -hmm. like in terms of like the violence or concussion concussive force or whatever yeah but on the other on the other hand the puck is 98 feet from them when he makes that hit well that's the thing i was expecting it to be way harder too but it's just like the shit, just like the shitty pettiness of it, where I'm like, oh, you little bitch. Like, come on. Like, you're in the corner, the puck's out of play. Like, he just can, he continues into McCann, but he's trying to do his best otherwise to look like, oh, I didn't, I don't know where I was going. I don't know what I was doing. I was like, dude, you're skating straight at him. And then he just kind of skates away. I don't really know how McCann got hurt on that. I don't know if he like hit his head on the ice or something going down. But he did. I don't even know if he's in tonight or not, but it's pretty shitty. I don't know that necessarily um, need him more than a game. I mean, it's the playoffs. It's a star player. There are people that were up in arms that it wasn't like at least two. And it's like, eh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you really expected. Um, But yeah, other than that, the Kraken, you know, this is the sort of thing where even if they lose this series, um i still think they've had a really good showing overall and have shown like that they can hang in the playoffs at least with this current roster like they've they've really taken it to the colorado in like all of the games like i don't think there's been one that i've seen where seattle's just been out of it and colorado's blown the doors off of them um i guess there was game three i think was a little bit more like that i Uh think the big difference is pretty obvious. It's just the fact that Colorado has those game breakers. They have McCarr, they have McKinnon, um, they have Rotten, and and they those guys can just sort of take a game over. Game three was like that. McCarr had a crazy ass move. McKinnon has some crazy moves, and they just score at will. Um, so I feel like that's what's scary. Is I don't think a lead is ever safe until the final buzzer for the Kraken. But the Kraken are just like four lines deep of dudes that like pitch in and score they're all it's non-stop Jaden Schwartz's they're all Jaden Schwartz it's Jaden Schwartz on every line and uh, one of them actually is Jaden yeah. Schwartz. <laughs> it's, it's so Jayden crazy I'm so, all the way down maybe it's just because it's the Kraken and they're new and Jaden Schwartz is so like how can you 
not like him just because he's like a silly human but like i watch him play and i'm like i'm so glad you're still in this league and i'm it's kind of like warms my heart when i still see him out there i'm like oh yeah you are still playing good for you buddy um but yeah like they have guys like him everly um sprong of all people is scoring mccann uh like mccann who i don't believe is playing tonight because of yeah uh, kale mccarr vince dunn having a career year um just you know absolutely fantastic for them like they have so many fun players and good stories that they all just gel together into this team that's hard to sort of pin down i just don't think they've had a game where they've looked out of it colorado again has had you know has some injury issues um landis is obviously not playing in the series at all but i don't know if if this might be the one where I think if Seattle wins tonight, I don't, <laughs> I still feel like it's a 2-2 series. I feel bad saying that after all the nice things I've said about Seattle, but it's just like, it is Colorado. And if they want to win two in a row, they'll just do it. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't necessarily feel that safe for Seattle if they, if they make it 3-2, but if they can knock off the avalanche, I think that's like a huge story. That's a really fun story. And I think, Seattle makes a fun matchup against uh, what I'll just say is the Dallas Stars. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw um, the Linus Allmark goal and oopsie poopsie. That was not yeah, very nice. Not good. Um, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, go ahead. And, Colorado tied it already. So there you go. One one. Let's go ahead and talk about the Stars and Wild series. Um, this looked to be pretty even until Stars won the last game four to nothing after Marcus Foligno got his uh, ass kicked out by in the first minute, which you, you seem to think was BS. I mean, it definitely was a penalty. It probably should have been like a tripping penalty or, or interference or we're going to call it, but like, uh-huh. and it is knee on leg. Yeah. But Foligno definitely does not like go out of his way. It's not even the knee jerk, you know, reaction of, oh, the guy's trying to pivot away from me. I'm going to stick out a limb to try and get him to slow down. Whoops, it was my knee. I didn't think about it. Oh, I need him sort of thing. He like just skates straight into him and that just so happens to be the point of contact. Um, But yeah, having said that, I think they only scored once on that that five-minute major. Um, So it's not like completely out of control, but I was reading. Yeah, but I mean, five minute major and you lose a star player, which Marcus Foligno weirdly is in the (laughs) the world of Minnesota. Yeah, that's Um, true. I mean, they're really missing Eric Sinek too, who hasn't played at all this series, I don't think. It's been been rough. They, I think I read that Kaprizov has only has one point, one five on five point. Like all of his scoring has happened on the power play. And like, that's your big star player. And if he's not getting it done five on five, that's a huge uphill battle for you guys. Um, Hartman's kind of disappeared a bit. Like I, I feel bad for Minnesota fans because it's just, it's the same thing. I feel like I could, I don't even specifically remember game five, but I feel like we just, canned them in game five last year or something along those lines. And it's like, and game six is over. Like, I just feel like it's a, un, I don't have to watch game six. I feel like Dallas is just going to win that one, even though it's in Minnesota um, or Dallas is going to win game seven. Like it's, it's hard. Minnesota could win this, but again, I feel like even if they do, they're, they're really going to have to turn it around like fast. 
in order yeah. to make me believe that like they'll even have any chance in the second round if oh, they can I make it out of this do. round. I mean, Kaprizov has scored one goal. It was the opening goal of the series. He hasn't had any other points. It's his first time in his career he's had a four-game pointless streak. Oh, Jesus. Um, I just don't think that. I think the Stars win game. Yeah. Over. I just, I, they've been really I, impressive. I came into this thinking the Stars were the better team. I thought people were kind of making a paper tiger out of Minnesota mm. a little bit. I mean, especially with the goaltending being what it is, the, the disparity between those two teams. It's not that big a freaking surprise that in these series where there's one obviously better goaltender, the team with the obviously better goaltender <laughs> is usually winning. Yeah. I mean, the Islanders are the exception, I guess, to that. But it's kind of funny. Um, I feel like they're like that a lot, though, Minnesota, like being a bit of a paper tiger. Because I feel like even yeah. against the Blues last year, it was lots of like, this is going to be a bloodbath series. And I mean, I definitely felt like it was going to be tight. But I also remember every time they talk about specifics, it'd always be like the Blues have nine guys who have scored 20 plus goals and the Wild, man, they're also very good. And I'm just yeah. being like, so what's the specific thing I'm supposed to worry about? <laughs> Kaprizov? Like, yeah. that's that's hard, but I'm like, I don't remember anything else. Um, yeah, definitely agree. I mean, I, people kept talking about like, who wants to play either of these teams when they, you know, when the oh, yeah. season was ending. And I'm like, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't want to play either, but I know who I'd pick. Like, oh, yeah. You know? like, <laughs> Yeah, like I'll definitely have, I'll definitely take Minnesota over Dallas. Yeah. Um, uh, I would say Rupe Hintz has looked amazing. Uh, Jason Iceman Robertson, obviously. Really too, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. They, um, I don't think, uh, what's his face? Pavelski's been back at all since that, that hit by Dumba in game one, but they've, they've looked great. Sagan's looked great. Jamie Ben's looking great. Um, they're firing on all cylinders too. Uh, who do you? I don't know if you. I don't think you have them in the fantasy pool. But I was looking at that. Amir Heiskanen's done amazing. Oh, yeah, Heiskanen. I have. I have oh yeah, you've been really good. I've Ottinger. <laughs> um, I mean, I think Dallas. I've, Dallas versus Colorado is a fun series. Dallas versus Seattle is a fun series. Like. I think that's going to be a great round two matchup. Mm -hmm. Um, Dallas can see those two teams. I'm sorry, Minnesota. I'm writing you off because that's, I'm sorry, but that state's cursed. You don't get, you don't get sports fun. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. (laughs) But at least you get lovely weather for like one month of the year. Yeah, that's right. You don't get sports fun and you get lots of Is Minnesota balls hot in the summer too? Like is, or is it considerably better than like, Um, it's better than st louis the humidity but i mean that's the thing though i feel like it's just as humid yeah and there's like bugs the size of your face because they only get like a couple months to live up there uh so it's sort of like that was the one thing i always hated in the summer was like go outside and my grandparents be like let's eat outside it's really nice and i'm like yeah except you guys are just used to the mosquitoes everywhere like i'm not they're gonna eat my tender ass up and they always did um yeah, it's not really like I worked at a golf course up there and in the summer it's still hot. It's not really like there's not really a negotiable sort of like, oh, well, the winters suck ass, but the summers are very temperate. It's like, mm, yeah. I don't think I'm temperate. Soon you're going to be seeing armadillo up there. I love I saw an armadillo. I saw two down here. They have them in Florida. Oh yeah. Can yeah, I they swim? Got 
Is that how they got there? I don't know. I don't know if they swim. They're not armored. Well, they are armored in their way, but not in the Mega Man way. Um, no, I've seen them around here walking <laughs> around. I there's an armored armadillo. It's a villain. Oh, people know okay. it. The people listening, they know it. And by the people, I mean mostly my brother. Probably he got the <laughs> reference. Um, I've Does seen just curl kind of, up and float, you know, across maybe, the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, yeah. I finally seen a couple of gators lately. I've oh been, yeah, I was months until I'd seen a gator in the wild down here. But now, it's, have you ever tried gator? Oh yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's like it? chewy chicken. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I've had I've had some people say they really don't like it, and I'm like, okay. You can deep really, fry any meat, and yeah, it's like it's pretty good. Just about anything. If you didn't tell me and you deep fried like dung beetle, I'd probably be fine with yeah, it. But, yeah, it would just be a mental hang up to get. It's kind of nutty. Uh, speaking of kind of nutty, let's talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> I don't know how that makes uh, sense. This, I think this is the we were right. We called this one a snoozy McSnooze fest, and it has yeah, been. Winnipeg gave us a little, a little, little punch in the first game, and then they went right to sleep. Nap, yep. nap time. Nap that was time. it. Again, Winnipeg I has was so at many injuries. Last week in Miami, Florida, with a woman who was from Winnipeg, and when she said that. I had the hardest time not saying, how did you get here? <laughs> I was like, you don't have an airport. You get the joke? Do you get it? It's um, a long drive. It's a yeah, very it's a long right. drive. It's a very long drive. Um, Perfetti, Morrissey, Shifla, Ehlers are out, and they weren't going to be good, even if they had all those guys. <laughs> so Vegas wins in five. So, oh, yeah. I think it's I think it's over. Um yeah, the next round. Hope whoever... was to uh, Hellebuck. Right. Excuse me, Hellebuck, the Golden Knights, and uh, they haven't. So they did in game one, but then they haven't. And let's, and do you have more to say about that series before we no, go? No, 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 The Oilers have gave us a scare, but I think they've got this one in the bag, too. They were um, oh, frightening yeah. for a couple of games there. Um, it's been very back and forth. Edmonton showed up last night. Can they close it out? I think they can. I don't see the Kings winning two games in a row in this series at the end of it. Yeah. I could yeah. go to seven, but I don't see them winning two games. Yeah, I don't think they have it in the long haul. Like, their, their depth was showing up in the first couple games, and then these last uh, three games, Edmonton's depth has shown up. Like, Hyman scored one off his face, and Bugstad scored two, I think, the other night. So, like, if you can add depth scoring to what's already the McDavid Dreisaitl show, like, you're pretty much home free. Um, I read a stat today did that we Did he score it off his face or did he score it off his nose? Because the man has a very <laughs> large nose, which is not, uh, not an anti Semitic uh, joke. He okay. just actually has a large yeah, nose. Sure. He has a very, sure, it sure. has nothing to do with Judaism. That doesn't even make mm-hmm. sense. That's a religion, but he has a very large nose. Stephen, what happens when a Jewish man with a full erection walks straight into a wall? I know the answer, but go ahead. <laughs> he breaks his nose. Oh, I've seen that. Uh, I've seen Paul Rudd tell. Yeah, see, that's that Paul guy. Rudd, and he's Jewish. He, yeah. So I, I'm just repeating what he said. I saw a, a, a reel on Instagram today <laughs> where there was a headline from like the Guardian or someplace that says, <laughs> said, Germany reaches highest levels of anti-Semitism in recorded history or something. <laughs> and the guy was just like, highest level, huh? Highest? Did they they just not record it back then? 
As so like, what's recorded history? So I immediately sent it to my German boss because I make great career decisions. Oh. Um, he's one of those cool Germans that you can joke about the Holocaust with, though. So, you know, it's all good. You can talk about good. it. He's like, no worry. About because it. it didn't happen. That's why uh, he says you can uh, joke about it. Uh, um, let's talk about another German who hopefully doesn't deny the Holocaust, Leandra Seidel. Uh, was on ice for the first 14 Oilers goals in this series. Ian, I could go out and say it. Leon Dreisaitl may be better than Connor McDavid. I'll be the one to say it. I'll be controversial. I mean, there's definitely there's definitely stretches. I mean, it's I'll tell you crazy. what, though, man. I'll tell you what. There were years where I was like, he's good, but he's being bolstered by Connor. Oh McDavid. yeah. And now I'm like, dude, you can put this guy on any team and he'd be the best fucking player on the planet. He's so good. It's insane. I know. It's crazy that they have freaking both of them. I definitely felt the same way. I was like, yeah, he's very good, but he's he's like a super, maybe that's even too far. So he's a super Chris Kunitz, but like, he's like, <laughs> that's a little mean. That's a little mean to Leandre Seidel. Um, but I definitely Kunitz, thought he was is like. Chris Kunitz Jewish? Because now we've got a problem. <laughs> oh, now we've got a real problem. Uh, um i thought he was definitely like a like an 80 point guy without uh-huh. like mcdave which is still great but i'm like nah dude this dude gets like 120 130 points on his own um he's been outstanding and he's not injured he's not on one ankle or whatever like he was last year so if he can stay healthy uh it's going to be a long playoffs for them it's an oilers yeah i agree i don't think la has it in them to win two in a row i think edmonton definitely takes the series and I think that shapes up for some really fun series in the West. Like if you get Vegas and Edmonton playing against each other, if you get Dallas and Colorado or Seattle playing against each other, I think those are two really fun series. Um, It'll be interesting to see how some of these pan out. I'm sure I'm hoping at least one of these teams that's down a game, you know, three, two, is able to put two wins out there and, and surprise I don't know if any of them will. Let's see. If you had to bet of the New York Islanders, the Florida Panthers, the Seattle Kraken, the Minnesota Wild, or the LA Kings, which team wins two in a row? The Kraken, the Wild, the Kings, and the... Kraken, Kraken, Wild, Kings, Panthers, Islanders. Uh, I'm going to say the Kraken. They don't oh, have yeah. to win two in a row, though, unlike some of those other ones right because they're two and two right now oh yeah yeah that's true but um i really don't think the kings do it i think the oilers i think they had their chance when they had the oilers down on the mat in game they let them off the mat let them off the hook they are who we thought they were uh the the panthers ain't doing it with respect um the islanders i could see the islanders just sorokening their way yeah, and as, I, as I've always said, I'm kind of bored of the hurricane. So, you know, it wouldn't shock me to see them lose. Um, Trade us some of your players. Ian, I found uh, an article from the Jewish Telegraph. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Would you, would you believe that Chris Kunitz is not listed as an NHL Jewish player, but Jack and Quinn Hughes are? And what? Adam Fox? What a team! What a team! Oh. What a team the Jews could put on the ice. Team <laughs> Israel have a whole team. in the next Olympics is going to be off the hook. In the World Baseball Classic, Ian, 
the team Israel was just all the players who were Jewish but weren't good enough to play for another country. That's what that oh, team really? was. Like Paul Goldschmidt, he played for Team America, but um, uh, some other guy that was like a third, you know, a fourth, fourth of in the rotation pitcher for a team three years ago. He was. So you're going to say was he was a fourth Jewish. He showed yeah. up. He was on that. That's team. right. Well, that's probably true as well. All right, so that's all the that's all the series. Let's do something that we haven't done yet on this podcast, and that's talk about the Jeff Ponder Project. Um, for those who don't know, our friends over at uh, the um, why do I always blank on the actual name of their podcast? Let's go Blues Radio. Jesus, sorry guys, <laughs> it's late. It's eleven nineteen where I'm at, um, but. Uh, our friends over at Let's Go Blues Radio always do like a big summer series and a project to keep from having rambling and incoherent episodes like ours. Um, we are less professional than them, so we choose to just have the rambling and incoherent episodes. Yeah, we just like to air but, our thoughts. That's right. But here we are. And Jeff Ponder's big project this summer, and I'm not even going to reveal the whole thing because it's because it's complicated and I don't want to step on his turf too much, but basically his whole plan is to take um, blues fans and have them kind of re-rank or update I guess I guess the blues several years ago put out a list of the um uh, the all-time franchise team and he wants us as blues fans now to kind of update it because the last decade or so has been pretty significant for the blues you might say um so the all-time team is uh let's let's just go through who they had four lines and three you know they had a full roster of all-time people so um their left wings were brian sutter brendan shanahan keith kachuk pavel dimitra their centers were Bernie Federko, Adam Oates, Gary Unger, Red Berenson, Unga Bunga. Their right <laughs> wings were Brett Hall, Joe Mullen, Scott Young, and Wayne Babich. And then their lefty were Chris Pronger, Barclay Plager, Bob Gassoff. Right D, Al McKinnis, Bob Plager, Rob Ramage. Goalies, Curtis Joseph and Glenn Hall. And coach, Joel Quinville. So, um, that, uh, that's the official list. And then they're updating that list basically. And what they're having us do is they're having us pick basically a a second tier team. That is the, our version of the all-time team. And then we will rank our picks and then have a final all-time team. So it's a cool project and they've had us do them tier by tier. Um, and every two weeks, a new tier is due. So we'd already done left defense and right defense. Um, and then um, maybe next week we can talk about left wings because I think those are due. When are those due? Let me look. Maybe we have to talk about them today. Due dates. Due dates. Where are they? Left wings, 429. So, yeah, we need to do those this week. Um, although maybe that got pushed back because I don't think they're right defense were due by 415 but in any case we'll do left wings today um but our left defense ian were as you will recall um the one and only jay bo meester the one and only let me find the other one barrett jackman and 
our controversial take was Carl Gunnarsson. Now, people aren't going to like that. I know the people out there. Here's the thing. Our recency bias is well established on this Mm -hmm. podcast. If you have a defenseman who played for this team for four seasons in the late 80s that you think was the shit, we don't know about him. I'm sorry. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay. You probably don't know. It couldn't have been that good. That's right. You probably don't know some of the random shit I know. So it's all okay. But um, we had we had Bo Meester, Jackman, and um, our friend uh, Carl Gunnarsson, our personal friend. Uh, that was in addition to Chris Pronger, Scott Stevens, and uh, Barquay Plager. Or sorry, Chris Pronger, Scott Stevens, Barquay Plager. And they have Bob Gassoff as well. So, oh, they must have been all the people that other people named. So those were the people on the team were Pronger, uh, Plager, and Gassoff. And um, then we added those two. So they asked us to rank um, some people. And our rankings were Pronger, Stevens, Bo Meester, Jackman, Plager, and Gassoff in that order. Um, so that's those are the names we talked about those and then let's talk about right-handed defense because this was a this was a little uh this was a little controversial let's say what it wasn't controversial with jeff he actually loved my responses we'll diagram here in a minute because i will be on their episode talking about right-handed defense but the official right-handed defensemen were al mckinnis bob Weger, and rob ramage there's no question that one of our right-handed defensemen had to be alex petrangelo that's a given mm-hmm. we also went with kevin shattenkirk who mm-hmm. that's probably a little more controversial but i think hard to argue guy played like 500 games here but yeah it's really great here player. Um, and then I typed this is the third option, Colton Pareko, I suppose, if I must. <laughs> and controversial. He said, Oh, I love this response. Uh, and he said, I have to say the Pareko part on the air. Is that okay? Because that's hilarious. And I said, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and now he wants to have me on for that show because he feels the same way. And it's just We've t- talked about it plenty. Pareko is just so inconsistent and frustrating that it just gets hard to love him. Oh, yeah. What is the students' numbers? Numbers, numbers, numbers. He doesn't numbers. have many, that's for sure. Yeah, lots of height and weight. Um, let's see. No, I don't want to support you. Continue without supporting us. Uh, 577 games with the Blues over the course of eight years. 233 points. 182 assists and 51 goals with a career high 10 goals scored in back-to-back seasons in 1819 and 1920, which would make sense. It's the best years uh, for this team. Career high in points were, oh, he's got three seasons, 16-17, 17-18, and 21-22, each had 35 points. Yeah, he's definitely been up and down, plus minus a 28, 7, negative 7, 28, negative 2, 16, negative 19. <laughs> like, I mean, it kind of, you know, comes and goes with the team too. But, um, yeah, definitely an inconsistent defenseman, not a offensive defenseman by any stretch of the imagination. Kind of thought maybe it would be earlier in his career when he thought maybe he would uh, work his way up there, but has not 
been the case, but it is one of those things where he has played 577 games. And if they can't, if they can't move his contract, he's probably going to be like a solid, damn, probably like close to 800 or whatever. If they, if you really hear, um, and you know what, that's, what do they say on 32 thoughts? That's that in and of itself is a, a thing is a ability to play lots of games to eat up ice time. <laughs> that in and of itself is its own reward. So one of the Blues' top brand <laughs> defensemen, Colton Franco. Yeah, absolutely. So we ranked them as well. Um, <laughs> I think. Have I? Oh no, I was just asked to rank them. The six we have to rank are. Um, Jeff Brown, Al McInnes, Alex Petrangelo, Bob Poiger, Rob Ramage, and Kevin Shattenkirk. I'm going to go McInnes mm-hmm. and Petrangelo as one and two. I would agree. Uh, and then beyond that. I know the name Rob Ramage, but what, is he, what did he do for us? 441 games played, 296 points, 67 goals, 229 assists, 898 pims. I feel like I got to put Bob Plager on there as number three, even though I don't think, think that's true of his on ice performance. Think of him as a builder. Yeah, he's like a builder. Um, and he's then, like literally Bob the builder. That's right. And then Jeff Brown... How do I, put, I do this? Is there I a way to Jeff, compare? I put Jeff Brown next. Much better than his son. Sorry. I mean, 294 points and 329 games for the Blues. It's almost a point per game. Who's that? Uh, Jeff Brown. That was my inclination was to put him next. And then Shattenkirk or Ramage. Uh man. You know, I think Ramage goes last just because I don't, I'll just be honest. I don't, I know Rob Ramage. I know people like Rob Ramage. That's cool. I don't really know that much about Rob Ramage. I know he's part of a big blues trade. I should know what the blues trade was. Uh, Rob Ramage. Maybe this will uh, color my feelings on him. That definitely looks like a guy named Rob Ramage. All right. Oh, was there a big fire at Three Kings in the Loop today? I guess so. Apparently. Sad. All right. Let's talk about left wings, Ian. Left wings. Oh, hey, look. Sorry. Rob Ramage was part of the two years later after... March 7, 1988, Ramage was traded to the Flames along with Rick Walmsley for Brett Hall and Steve Bozek. I knew that. Maybe that should bump him up. But You've got us, Brett Hall, baby. <laughs> I love it. That's why um, Eric Brewer should be on here. Eric Brewer should be I on here. I thought about doing Eric Because Brewer, we traded be him, trade him for a pick that we used to pick freaking uh, Jordan Bennington with. Oh, uh, yeah. That's true. And we got rid of a sorry ass. And that's what's most important of all. Mm-hmm. NHL stats. Engine. I need hockey reference. Just give me hockey reference. Blues 
St. Louis Blues left wing hockey reference. You do not know a lot Give about that the St. Louis Blues. Not 2023. Not you stupid. Are you stupid? Why are you so stupid? <laughs> Skater registers. That's what I'm looking for, baby. Not that. Give me. Give me a give me a position, baby. Where are all the left wings? Why are you doing this to me? I can't do it, Ian. I can't. Why is this so hard? Why is it so hard? I can't do it. All right, all right. St. Louis Blues left wingers. Dear St. Louis, all time. I don't want, uh, I hate everything. There we go. That'll work. Don't put him in forward. God bless America. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Give me but, fucking this is how the sausage is made. Oh my God. I'm so angry right now. I'm so angry. Ian, I'm so angry. This is why Stephen just got a new phone because he smashed the other one in a That's rage. Right. That's right. I'm so fucking up. So what do you have? You have a 14 now? All right. I you do have a 14 now. Look, it's very pretty. It's always oh, on. Yeah. I don't know what that means. There's Joe Quas. He's right there. Oh, yeah. But I like the little I like the little active island at the top or whatever the fuck we call it. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but it's active, baby. Oh <laughs> it's volcanic. Oh, that reminds me of that clip of uh Joe Biden where he's like, oh, it's focused. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all due respect to our president this is not meant to be politically divisive but that's one of the funniest clips i've ever seen in my entire fucking life how would you say your mental focus is oh it's focused <laughs> i have no more ability to say how old i am as a fly <laughs> oh, all, right, all right all right all right i'm all right i'm all right i'm good now i'm good nhl NHL.com stat engine. Yes. All right. All right. We're ready. We're doing this. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Ready for this? Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Go to friggin'. All right. NHL.com stats by player. Skaters. Is that? All right. All right. All right. Here we go. 1968. Is that when we started? 67 67 68 yeah 1967 68 2022 23 franchise st louis blues the hamilton tigers the montreal maroons the montreal wanderers how many shots did you guys get <laughs> left wings oh we found it we found it we got it all right so the three the four official left wings brian sutter Brendan shanahan Keith Kachuk and Pavel Dimitra. We could choose to move Dimitra to the right wing, but we're not going to. Let's keep this simple. <laughs> now, there's no question on earth that Alex Steen and David Perron are two of our left wings. Right. Alex Steen, 496 points in 765 games. David Perron, 465 points in 196 games. Very good. The next by points alone is Jorgen Pedersen, who I've never freaking heard of in my entire mm-hmm. life. Um, we've also got Jeff Cortnall, 
We've got Pavel Buchnevich, 143 points. Left wing, we've got Paul Correa as an option. Gino Cavallini, Floyd Thompson, Tom Ecclestone. Do we have the balls to put Pavel Buchnevich on this list? I might. I might just. I might have the fucking balls. Um, what <laughs> Jeff Portnall? Pavel Buchnevich has already played 136 games for the boys. How many points do you think he has, Ian? Uh, I'm going to say like 125. 143! What? Oh, damn. What? Wild. Uh, yeah, I'm putting him on there. I'm okay. saying he's one of them. Screw it. Who's going to stop me? I'm begging anyone to stop me. And then are we saying Jeff Cortnall because that's the name we know? I mean, hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh, I could be sharing my screen, I suppose. You can see, actually see what I'm looking at. So no question about Steen and Perron, obviously. Um, right. Yeah. We, uh, we got all these options. Cavallini. We got Jorgen Peterson. Who the hell is Jorgen Peterson? Is that a real player? Folks, I, we already apologized. You, I'm so we don't sorry. Do anything. Um, where am I missing? Oh, they already have Brian Sutter, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. He's the rest um, of the list. Why don't they have? I thought he was left wing. Where's Jaden Schwartz at? I guess they call him a right wing, but they call him a center. If they call him a center, we got to call him a left wing. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got to call the left one. So which, should we say Jaden Schwartz? I say Jaden Schwartz. And Pavel Buchnevich, though? Do we have the balls oh, yeah. to say yeah put, yeah, put them both All right. in there. All right, the message is getting sent. We'll see if he's good with this. Um, all right. The three or, Kings said, this is not a statement? Is this like, a, yeah. we're so sorry to the folks that died in our fire? <laughs> we're so sorry to the families that have been destroyed due to our grease fire. A new employee was not aware that you were not supposed to throw water on a grease fight. <laughs> <laughs> and he has since been sacked. <laughs> that's right. And those we are responsible for, for the sacking. I hope that's okay with you. Man, Jaden Schwartz isn't even like in my head sometimes, like that guy's 35. He's not even 31 yet. Oh, God, he's younger than us. Oh, God. All right, it's sent. Ian, that's done. And the final question, do we want to find and do a tier list tonight, or are we calling it? Oh, we got to call it. Okay. What is this? Ian's, What's it? 40 Ian's points. tired little boy. 40 points for uh, Jaden Schwartz this year. Wow. 21 goals. And how many games played? 71. Wow. That is not a career high, but it's a lot. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot. He played 81 year. That was 13-14. Incredible. What a year. He had a 63-point season. He was so close to 30 goals that year. So close, but no cigar. Ah, close but no cigar, the Seattle Kraken story. All right, folks, <laughs> oh, that's oh. it for today. Uh, if you have any questions for the Two Guys One Cup podcast, you are always welcome to direct those to your mother's. <laughs> hey, just shove them up your ass. Hey, <laughs> fucking losers. Uh, 
Uh, we would be so belligerent to our fans if we had any, but in any case, folks, we, we're putting out two podcasts on the network today, which means yours truly gets to stay up. Not a good day for Apple, Ian. Look at that. Jesus oh, Christ. no. That's because you bought uh, the fucking phone. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. You're tanking it. Oh, my God. Um, Boeing was up today, though. Ian, we should, play, we should play a game where I give you ticker symbols and you guess what the stock is. Oh, do it. Give me two. Give me two. D-I-S. Disney. Correct. Uh, let me find one that's a little harder. <laughs> um, CVX. Yeah, you'll never get this one. This one's fucking crazy. <laughs> CVX? Yeah. Um, the Criterion Collection. <laughs> That's right. It's Chevron, baby. Can you get uh, GE? Could you ever guess what GE <laughs> is? I almost gave you NKE, but that one's a little easy to you. Is it? Maybe. NKE. Nickelodeon. <laughs> That's Nike, my friend. Oh, why don't they do oh. NIK? Come on. That's right. All right, folks. For all the folks out there that are folking tonight have some have some fun with your folks and don't be afraid to have some for jesus when you're folking folks exactly and in the meantime you have a wonderful week and we will talk to you all very soon good night see ya And we don't care about the old